See if we can keep the level of energy we had for one episode up for a second one. The cracking level of energy that we had. God, remember having energy? Nope. Me neither. Episode 70 of Pods. In the key. Springfield. Today we're looking at season six, episode 11, Fear of Flying. We're down to one of these things now, which is good. We're down to one. You can only say one per episode now. I will continue to say it. Yep. Okay, good. It so sucks. I I just don't like it. (laughs) Yeah. I don't like the bit. I I can't get behind it. I can tell. (laughs) But it's fine. Like, I'm only one man. But if I abandon it now... What about our loyal fan? Our beloved fan <laughs> who listens to most of the episodes <laughs> and skips the bit where I announce them. <laughs> They've just got an auto-programmed on Pocket Cast to jump over that one line. Yeah, in- instead of having the option of, like, you know, trim silences, <laughs> it's just got the option of trim Nick. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great if Pocket Cast had, like, a... Like, you could pick a specific phrase for it to trim. I really thought you were going to say that would be great if Pocket Cast had a trace, uh, uh, had a function that just trimmed out you. And I was going to go, fucking thanks, man. Cast out all mix. Yeah. This podcast would be interminable if it was just me, I think. Well, have no. you ever noticed about The Simpsons? No, I don't think... I know why I'm doing an impression of myself. It sounds like that, but you yeah, know. Yeah, I, I don't think that's you at all. I think what we just learned there is you've got a very poor sense of self. You see? Yeah, you're right. Um, that's fine. So, fear of flying, in which Marge has a fear of uh, flying. Interesting. In my opinion. Right. That's what it's about. The right. fear of flying. And she has to overcome that to continue to be a bird. Yes, exactly. Otherwise, very scared A bird earn on the economy. Bird oh. of prey. Right, cool. Burden. Yeah. Thought you were making a Burton Ernie reference. She'll never be a beast of burden, but she could be a bird of burden. Sure. Yeah. I don't know where you're going with this. Homer gets cancelled online in this episode. Cancelled online? Yeah. He, you know, he does that sugar gag. And there's sugar all over the bar. And then Nick, Nick, cancel culture comes after him. Oh, no. Mamma mia. (laughs) Ouch. So Homer gets, Homer gets cancelled. We're undoing this little sugar thing. And, uh, should we talk about cancel culture and how it doesn't exist and isn't a real thing? I mean, I think it's very important to realize that accountability is not the same as cancel culture. Something I was talking to you about earlier, and I'm going to recount it now that we're being recorded, is that recently Rowan Atkinson yep. came out with all these statements about like how he thinks cancel culture has gone too far and he can't get away with anything. Mr. Bean himself. Like, motherfucker, if you think you're no longer allowed to go on TV and put a turkey on your head and run around and go... Yeah. Like, I'd use you. You're still allowed to do that. Yeah, and, but, but the thing is, in that specific example, if no one thinks it's funny, it's yeah. not because of cancel culture, it's because it's not very funny in the eyes of most people. Yeah. God, it's uh, all these people are being cancelled just because they practice eugenics. It's just, I mean, you know, my my favourite thing is when people say, and sometimes you get this at, you know, like if it's a family birthday or an extended family thing and you've got other people that you have to see or whatever, um, or even just 
anywhere in everyday life. But yeah. you get the, you know, the, um, oh, well, you can't say anything anymore crowd. And I love to say to those people, oh, you can. It's just that others can disagree with you. Yeah. Like, it's so simple to navigate. We had a tradie around recently to fix the air conditioning and he started talking to me about, he saw I have this Simpsons Lego house, mm. unbelt, still in the box, and he saw the box, and he started talking about the Simpsons, and he started talking about how like they're recasting Apu and other characters of colour in there, and he's like, ah, oh, I don't understand, it's being, you know, it's kind of like it's going to ruin the show. He's like, motherfucker, you have not watched this show. Yeah. In 20 years. Yeah. You know you have <laughs> Yeah, totally. The only people who watch the show now are like podcasters and the people who listen to podcasts about the Simpsons. Yeah, totally. Yeah, no, it's fucking... I don't know. It's wild. Yeah. It's wild. It's ridiculous. Uh, but Homer gets cancelled online. And, I mean, going back to your Rowan Atkinson, Mr. Bean point, um, it is interesting that the people who complain about it at that kind of high level. So you've got Rowan Atkinson, not a particularly subversive comedian, right? No. Not really. Uh, did you not think those Johnny English films were the height of satire, Nick? But, I mean, not really Did someone... you not watch all three of them and think, huh, it's, uh, it's, it's crazy they didn't make a fourth one of these. Must be cancel culture. Not really someone who's dancing out on the ragged edge of cultural acceptability. Yes. Another famous comedian that's made comments about it, Jerry Seinfeld. Again, <laughs> someone who's talking about how peanuts come in a small packet on an airplane. What's the deal with women? <laughs> Not really someone who's dancing out on the ragged edges. And I just think, what fucking point are you trying to make? Someone grasping for relevance. Like, oh. It does my head in. I can't perform in colleges anymore. That's because your stand-up's not very good, Jerry. Yeah, it's because... I love your show and always will, but your stand-up can take or leave. Yeah, stand-up, no good. Yeah. The the couch gag of Seinfeld, which is when he's doing his opening, you know, monologues, easily the least good part of any episode. Yeah, like one in 15 of them is good. Yeah. Other times it's just like... Hey, have you noticed when you need to discuss something serious in an office, you sit down? Does that mean if you have a really serious conversation, you have to lie down? Well, no. I have a different way of walking. <laughs> so all just that shit. It's like observations that aren't really true. It's just, I don't know. I just don't fucking get it. <sighs> so anyway, Homer's not allowed in the bar anymore because no. he spilled some sugar. And uh, that's where the episode kicks off. He can't drink anymore. He's sad. He's sad, mm. Nick. Mm. And this is one of those episodes... Where Homer's perspective uh, is kind of bad and maybe doesn't really work. Yeah. As in he's sad because he can't drink anymore at, at this one specific bar. Well, the rest of the episode where he's against therapy. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, sorry. That part of it. Yes. I would like to note that while we watched this episode, we were eating a big bowl of delicious nachos that uh, my partner made. So we didn't make a lot of notes for the first half of it or so. Correct. So this is going to be fractured, but you know what? It's free. You don't have to listen to it, uh, but you should because you like us. Please. Please listen to us. Yeah. So I do like the that there's a bit of silliness where Homer's going to other bars, trying out other bars. Yeah. Um. I, I've always been a big fan of there's something making me uncomfortable. Wait a minute, this lesbian bar has no fire escape. Yeah. I've always liked that. I do like the reveal that Homer knew it was a lesbian bar the whole time and like it's not a gay panic joke. Correct. Yep. That is the bit that is good. Yeah. Um, uh, and all the stuff about, you know, going to the airport bar, you fly boys crack me up. Yeah. That's good. 
please leave without a fuss right now is just one of those lines that uh, oh. has permeated very strongly. It's my reaction to leaving a lot of places. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's always funny. Everyone always laughs and high-fives me. Nobody's ever irritated by it. No, everyone high-fives. Yeah. Have you ever seen Cheers? No. Neither have I. I've never seen a single episode of Cheers in my entire <laughs> life. I kind of want to keep it that way. Yeah? You don't think you would like Cheers? I, I cannot. In all of my knowledge about the content that I like and dislike, I cannot see an iteration of this universe in which I like Cheers. Been watching a lot of Frasier lately, because I've never really seen Frasier. Yeah. So I've been watching Frasier, and I'm more or less enjoying it, but every episode is the same. It's all the same plot line, where it'll be like everyone's milling around and talking about what their plot for that episode is going to be, and then all of the characters will end up in one place, which is often just the same set redressed, and just by... They'll have a series of misunderstandings and miscommunications... Until at the end, they all just clash and say, Well, this is how I understood what was happening here. And they get it all addressed. And then the credits roll. That sounds so awful. (laughs) It's not. It's pretty well... It's well acted. That's kind of like the saving grace of Frasier. Is that... uh, Like, David Hyde Pierce is really good in it. Right. Yeah, okay. Frasier himself, I could take or leave. But Niles is great. Niles. Yeah. Yeah. And what about Niles from The Nanny? Uh, well, look, the thing about Niles is that he can run almost as fast as Sonic. <laughs> that's, that's a couple of levels. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Tails, Niles, Prowler. Yep. That's good. <laughs> oh, Mr. Sheffield. That's Niles. <sighs> oh, God. Well, no, that's Niles just... was the, was Niles the butler? Niles was the butler. Okay. What's that guy up to now? Uh, don't. Did he hook up with Cece Babcock on that show? Uh, I think it was always hinted that they were going to do that. And I think they do at one point. Maybe. Um, Niles the Nanny. <laughs> you just googled Niles the Nanny? Daniel Davis. Daniel Davis. Is the name of Niles the Nanny. Nick? He's 75. Yeah. Career... Nick, would you like to share the message you sent me recently about the nanny? Uh, I don't think I remember the message I sent you recently. You must remember this message you sent about the nanny. Um, So, TV, he's doing bits and pieces. He was in an episode of The Good Fight. He was in an episode of Elementary and an episode of Gotham. Um, Film, he was in The Prestige in 2006. I love that movie. And that's kind of it. What fucking message did I send you about the nanny? Like, I'm going to find it. I'm just scrolling through my phone. It's in here somewhere. He definitely sent me a message about the nanny. No, I think you sent me a message about the nanny. Oh, no, sorry. Mine was Mr. Sheffield looking on the bright side after being released from captivity, coming out of my cage, and I've been doing Fran Fine. That's the one, yes. Um, And then I messaged you thinking back about it about how impressive it is that they fit so much exposition into the opening song from the nanny it is a very dense song yeah you go and read the lyrics to that song there's a fucking lot going on in there yeah it's a very it's extremely dense and the thing is i think that there was you know a history of tv themes uh, tv theme songs having lots of exposition in them but nothing holds a candle to the nanny yeah and the kids are actually smiling. Such joie de vivre. Yes. It's a good, good song. Such joy of life. 
I believe is what that phrase translates to. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah. It's a rich tapestry. Yeah. Now the father finds a regardless. And the kids are actually smiling. Wonder what Fran is up to now. Fran Fresher? Fran Drescher. Fran Drescher. Fran Fresher, my favorite meal delivery service. Yep. Uh, if you want them fresher than the other friends, get Fran Fresher. Yeah, use promo code um, Key of Springfield to get no discount. Much better than the one that makes um, uh, quiches out of human remains, Flan Flesher. Oh, yeah. That's no good. <laughs> Flan Flesher. I don't know. I'm, just, I'm trying to work with what we've got here. Yeah, you're just riffing. You're doing a jazz set it out here. It is warm in this room. <laughs> yeah, so do you want me to turn a fan on? No, it might interfere with the recording. I could open too much. a window. No, they wouldn't get the outside world in. I could open the door. No. Okay. It's fine. I'll just sit so here. I'll just sweat it. I'll just sit here and slowly lose my mind about how warm I'm getting. Well, maybe we'd have a, like a drink break at some point. You have water there. Maybe. I'm, just, I'm sipping the fucking water. <laughs> I've enraged him now. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, you have to help me. I'm He's scared. turned red. Steam is shooting out of Nick's ears. I told you it was warm. <laughs> Uh, uh, right, I literally have no other notes about this episode. Where are they going <laughs> on that plane they get onto after they make a laughing stock out of Crazy Plan Airlines? Yeah, are they going to? Well, they say that they can't go to Hawaii or Alaska. Yeah. I don't remember them choosing a location. No. Well, where the fuck are they going? I don't know. They just get on a plane. It's going somewhere. It's going to be like one of those COVID planes that just does a loop and then lands back. On Friday, I saw a bus leave the Adelaide bus terminal. Yeah. Like the the not the passenger bus terminal sorry not the fucking what am I trying to say not the intra Adelaide bus terminal but the one that goes to Wyala and Mount Gambier and all sure, that stuff yeah. and the the front of the bus the big light sign that says where it's going just said Adelaide and I'm like dickhead mm. you're here <laughs> so maybe this is the same maybe they're just going to take up uh, take off and land yeah they were doing that during COVID just because people like flying, apparently. Seems like a pretty wild idea to me. You'd have to be cooked. You'd have You'd to have be. You'd have to be absolutely cooked. You'd have to be 50 beers deep to buy those tickets. So anyway, it turns out that Marge has a fear of flying, and she proceeds to have what I would describe as a complete mental breakdown. I would say so too. Like a surprisingly severe, like when you're really watching and thinking about it, it's like, this is a major breakdown she's having. It is considerably deep. It's a yeah. thorough breakdown. Yeah. It's severe. It's, it's crazy. Se- it's severe. Just completely broken down. Yeah. It seems like a lot have to you be ba- having. Have you baked a wedding cake at 3am? I can't say I am. Then I 3am, I must be baking, yeah. Then I can't say that any of your breakdowns that you may or may not have had have been as severe as Marge's. I have tried to marry a cat and a dog, though. Well, I mean... Yeah. I mean, I got the officiant out, and we, you know, we had a whole ceremony for it, and... Then the dog bit me. I got rabid, you know. And then I had another breakdown. Right. Yeah. You had a rabid really, breakdown. I did. It was a really busy Tuesday. Sounds it. Yeah. That's a lot for you to carry, man. The bit where Marge is on the plane and she's running around saying, let me off. Do you think Julie Kavner delivered that line once and they looped it? Or is she saying, let me off a whole bunch? Uh, she actually only said, meep. Meep. Ah, and they lived it twice. And they lived it twice. Meep, meep, and meep, meep, um, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think it is a single take that they recorded, because I, I think the the vocal fingerprint's the same every time. It also just seems like being Julie Kavner and having that voice and speaking is difficult. Yeah, and the thing is, you know, 
Julie Kavner's voice already sounds haggard in season six. They're mm. on to season 33. Like, I yeah. feel so sorry for her. We put on an episode recently just because I was telling my partner, like, Julie Kavner's voice. Like, she sounds really aged at this point, which is not her fault. The show has just been on for too long. And we put it on, and within a few minutes, my partner said, we have to stop this. This is distressing to listen to. It's genuinely it's, distressing. Yeah. Yeah. It's just... You listen to her, it's like, she shouldn't still be doing this. No. Someone this needs is to probably st- really bad for her. Someone needs to step in. Maybe the Simpsons Index could, uh, you know, really just power through. And having proven that the later episodes are bad, Maybe they get the show cancelled. Gets it over the line. Elliot, if you're listening, if you could reach out to Matt, Matt Groening, Matt Groening as I call him sometimes, yeah. and get the show taken off the air. Maybe um, he could like make a new show about like a medieval fantasy land or something. How are you with a uh, fear of flying? Did you ever have a fear of flying? Not really. The first time I flew, I was really young, didn't really, kind of washed over me. Then the next time I was a teenager, and I remember kind of feeling like I was meant to be afraid of flying. Interesting. Like, I felt like I had this sort of, like, performative concern. The other thing worth noting is, the second time I flew was maybe a month after 9-11. So there was, like, <laughs> it was just, like, a tense time to be flying. Wow. Yeah. Wasn't expecting that pullback and reveal. Just like real heavy security at airports and just everyone was like a little on edge. Interesting. First time I flew, I reckon I was 14. Yep. And I reckon the first time was a three hour flight to Brisbane. And I was extremely nervous for that. 14. So that would have been, was that 2002 or 2001? 2002. So not long after 9-11. Yeah. Yeah. In the scheme of things. And, um, yeah, I was extremely nervous at the first one, but I've been fine ever since. Yeah. And, and in the last kind of like five or six years where I'm, you know, well, more than that, in the last kind of 10 years where anytime I fly, it's because I'm going to see a friend interstate. Yeah. Um, uh, means that I'm no longer nervous on the flight because I'm usually four or five beers <laughs> in because <laughs> why not? There was a period where I was flying quite a bit, so it became very routine. Yeah. Uh, now, obviously, I haven't been in a plane for a while yeah. because of, you know, who can say why, really? I mean, well, I mean, there might be a global pandemic, I guess yeah. that might be the factor. But, yeah, I've got no problem with flying. Mm. It's one of those things where I, like, take it on face value that it's apparently safer than driving in a car. Yeah, and I also find a lot of comfort in... Um, there's an old Billy Connolly bit about how he doesn't mind flying... Mm. And taking off is the only part where he gets nervous until you're above a certain height. Because he's like, I'm just worried in the, when we're in the maimed bit. Yeah. Because if you fall from a certain height, it's fucking dead. Yeah. But if you fall during the climb, that's alive, but severely maimed. Yeah, I've often thought the same thing. And, and I do yeah. take a lot of comfort when you look out the window and go, ah, we're high enough now that it doesn't fucking matter. I remember that trip that I'd gone that plane for, we went to the Gold Coast in Queensland and we went to a bunch of amusement parks and there was one ride where it just takes you up really, really high and then just sort of drops you. And I remember I was there with two cousins. And they Is were that both... the one, it drops you straight down or it drops you on the, the, the sloping? We went on both, but I'm thinking of the straight down straight one. Straight down one. I believe that's the Tower of Terror. The Tower of Terror. We went up there and I remember it kept going higher and higher. And I remember my cousins next to me were both like having a hard time with it. 
And I was just thinking the whole time, well, we're already well past the point where, like, if something goes wrong, we die. So any extra meters are just... (laughs) uh, It doesn't really matter or add to the fear. It's an interesting thing, because, like, I I wouldn't want to go on that ride because I just... I'm not a rides person. Yeah. But it is funny to look at it or or to go on it as a kid Mm. and think, oh, my God, I'm so worried about what could happen. Yeah. And you go, you know this thing runs three times a minute and has done for 12 years, right? Yep. Like, it, nothing's going to go wrong. Except then, of course, you get the Spin Dragon in um, uh, the Royal Adelaide show from about, yep. I reckon, 2007, that was. Once one person dies, it's yeah. fine. All bets are off. Yeah, because that was... Um, uh, a roller well not a roller coaster it was a um, what are those like it's those, like a whirly gig yeah sort those, of those thing. flippy rides yeah. where one big carriage came off and yeah, landed one of on, those flippy bullshit rides one of those flippy bullshit rides where a big carriage came off and landed on a line of people yeah um, and you know my, the, the quote that sticks in my head about the um, they, they did a coroner's report into the cause of that yeah and apparently the bolts on the spin dragon yeah, this is some ultra niche content. I don't care. It's fine. The the bolts on the spin dragon were apparently meant to be checked and replaced every eighteen months or something. Mm. Well, these bolts hadn't been replaced in five or six years of the machine operating, mm. and these big, like you know, inch fucking thick bolts were, and I'm going to quote from the report here: yep. stretched like chewing gum. Fuck. They probably should have put new bolts in. They probably should have. Anyway, that's my story. It's nuts not to put new bolts. Put it... Hey! Oh, that's good. I mean, somebody died. But still, it's... uh, Well, yeah, but your pun stands... I remember going to the show that year uh, and walking past, like, a memorial because it was afterwards. There was a bunch of flowers and a memorial set up. Walking past, like, hmm, this really puts a damn on things. Maybe we shouldn't be doing this. I really thought you were going to say, I remember walking through the show that year and seeing a big bucket of shiny new bolts and thinking, I might just take these and keep them for myself. <laughs> so, one bucket of bolts is kind of missing. <laughs> well, I guess the ride will never be fixed then. I'll tell the children. Homer is a real piece of shit in this one. Yeah, Homer's no good in this. Yeah. He doesn't want Marge to, to be well again. No, he doesn't want her to get therapy because he thinks the therapist will blame everything on him. But then there's also this weird thing. Which I do think that is a very prevalent um, opinion of therapy from anyone over the age of 40. Yeah. Well, don't go to therapy because it'll be my fault. But the weird thing about the episode that I have a hard time reconciling Two parts to this. One, the therapist does actually want to blame a lot of stuff on Homer. But two, that's because it is largely Homer's fault. Yes. Yeah. It is... There's a few things in this episode that are actually quite difficult to know what stance, if any... Yeah, the episode episode doesn't quite reconcile some of this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I, I also... I really struggle with... Marge's entire fear of flying seems to be based on a outdated and possibly slightly homophobic interpretation of what roles people should play in society. Yeah. Oh, my dad was a, a an airline host. A seldom seen father, the weirdly least fleshed out character on the show. Yeah. And just the idea that like, you know, you see a man serving drinks to someone and scream and then he recoils in shame screaming, don't look at me. What is all of this? 
Yeah, that's like prejudice you would have to teach to a child. Y- yeah, a child's totally. not going to have that inbuilt prejudice. No, totally. Homophobic's probably not the right word I was aiming for then, but I think you know vaguely what yeah, the point like, I'm trying to make. It is definitely like the fear of like outdated concepts of masculinity. Yes, is probably yeah. more of where it's coming from. Yeah, and it's really weird that that seeped into her consciousness for all of this time, and like it's unclear. How the show expects us to react to this, I think. Yeah. Like, does the show think this is funny? Yeah. D- does the show think it's like, well, that's Marge being old-fashioned because Marge is old-fashioned about everything? Yeah. And I guess the show does go on to then say, oh, and here are also three incredibly traumatic events that happened to Marge. Yeah. The North by Northwest thing. Yeah. Um, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, the North by Northwest wing. That political show by Aaron Sorkin where people walk on planes <laughs> as the planes go through a cornfield shooting people. And they just won't shut up. <laughs> no, they're just talking so quickly the whole time while walking up and down the wing of the biplane. There's this whole complicated thing in this episode where we get all these flashbacks to Marge's childhood and they're all unpleasant. And Marge is just like this adorable little child. Yeah. Who just like keeps facing adversity and struggling with it i don't know like every time we get any scene of like little marge throughout the run of the show it's never like marge overcoming anything or like learning anything it's just like bad things happening to her bad things happening to her but then in a way that the show never celebrates her resilience of getting through those things yeah it's instead going well this is why she's beaten down into the into the you know yeah subservient role that that she's in now yeah once again i might not be 100 percent bang on with the words i'm using here but <laughs> i think the point's coming across um and yeah but yeah the, but the show never says look at she, look at all the crap things that she got through it's just yeah. like haha her sisters are bitches yeah, and now we can uh, reflect on her dad and everything's fine. Everything's fine. Yeah, she doesn't need to go to therapy anymore because it would implicate Homer. Yes. Yeah, so, you know, I never said I have some conflicted feelings about, but also it has that bit where she's in the therapist's office and uh, they say that the window cleaner is there <sighs> and she says it's a few seconds before 12 o'clock and the guy comes down from on top and that's perfect. That's perfect joke. That's a very hard to describe in a way that indicates how funny it is. But the window cleaner joke. Yeah. Window guy. People know what Window they mean. Steve. People know what they mean. Yeah. It's Window Steve. And Homer presumably plummets to his death there. And that every episode thereafter was simply but a death dream. For he is deceased. But a death dream. Simply but a death dream. Mm. Not a butter death. Okay. I can't believe it's not but a death dream. <laughs> Lurpak, my favourite of the butters. Yeah, it's my favourite too. If we want to get sponsored by Lurpak, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> we'll take it. <laughs> that's fine. I'll allow it. That's fine. If our favourite, look, let's be honest, our favourite product... <laughs> Once you pop, that's fine. <laughs> was that the Prongles thing? Once you pop, that's great, I think was oh, the Prongles. Oh, once you pop, that's great, yeah. Prongles. Not to be confused with the monkeys. Hey, hey, with the Prongles, people so we prongle oh, around. Man, but we're too busy prongling to... This is not really a parody, because I'm just saying the same lyrics as the monkey song. I didn't want to say anything, yeah. but... I'm glad hey, you came to that realisation. Prongles... People say we're chipping around. No, this is nothing. Did you ever see the monkeys show? Her hair with the prongles. Once we pop, they say that's great. Um, no, I never saw. I never saw the monkeys. Never saw that. Is it any good? 
I don't think I've seen it either. Right. I've maybe so, seen little bits and pieces. So it's the Cheers. Yeah. I've never seen sitcoms, as I guess the um yeah. but you have the combined seen, message of but, but this you have one seen episode. But you have seen Frasier. I have now. Right now. Yeah. So right here, right now. So one way in which Frasier is different from the monkeys is, is that, that I have seen is it. that you've seen Frasier. Yeah. Hey hey, I'm Frasier. People say I phrase around. And when I say But I'm too busy being a radio psychiatrist who puts a lot of people down. Oh, well, you got the rhyme. That was good. I was going to say, when, I, when they say I phrase around, they really mean I phrase around. Yeah. A family guy joke. Yeah. <laughs> that we are bringing in. Yeah. It's weird that I recognize exactly what that is. Yeah. But not that weird. I mean, I grew up in the 90s. I think it's a relatively well-known reference. Yeah. It's funny thinking back on that scene and them saying like, oh, Frasier is the smartest show on TV and you watch Frasier and it's just not... Yeah, it's not I, that clever. It's I mean, it's funny, but it's not like... Uh, are you forgetting to factor in He's just a pretentious guy. Dim some Americans can be. But like, look, we're watching Seinfeld and Frasier back to back. Or, you know, at the same time at the moment. And obviously, between those shows, like, Frasier is the smarter character in that he's meant to be this sort of, like, pompous, buffoonish genius. Sure. But, like, Seinfeld is undoubtedly a smarter show, in my opinion. Yeah. It just, like, has the sharper, more incisive writing. Yeah. Frasier's still good, but, you know. Well, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> well, of course you wouldn't. Yeah. Well, I'm glad we're clear. <laughs> because it's television. Precisely. You don't even like The Simpsons. <laughs> You know what? Start really starting to turn off it, to be honest. Ah, <laughs> uh, episode 70. <laughs> You've turned. Well, I mean, it's, you know, it's fine. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Yeah, yeah they're funny little people. They're funny little they people. They dance around funny things. make their little noises. Yeah. I think I've just seen too many, like, season 30 episodes. Yeah. And and by that maybe I mean, one. <laughs> yeah, I've seen uh, maybe two of them. But even like the late 20s are still no good. The scene where Marge is on the bus and she's talking about the monkeys just made me think about how fucking weird the first day of school is, or like the first week of school. Do you remember mm. starting school? Just like that feeling of like, all right, you're going to come here every day. There's going to be like regimented lessons you'd like expected to perform. Here's all these other older kids who are going to be, like, weird to you straight away. Yeah. I remember my first day of school, these kids in the grade above me told me they were the police and started chasing me and telling me they were going to arrest me. Mm. And I'm just like, fuck, I'm going to get arrested. And I just, like, ran away from them. And I told my oh, no. mom that night, like, there were these, like, kids who were police. They were going to arrest me. And she was like, oh, don't worry about that. That's not a real thing. Yeah. No, I mean, good work by your mom to see through the lines. And the next day, I think they tried again. And I'm like, my mom told me you're not police. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. That's a good comeback. And were they were they happy with that? I mean, they seemed unwilling to accept this as the reality. They they, um, they turned to themselves yeah. and said the jig is up. They kept playing their little game. Yeah, their fiendish, childish little game. Their childish little with game. their disgusting little child fingers. Oh no! Reaching and grabbing. Um, yeah. First day of school. I I don't really. The first day of school. I don't remember this story, but it's been told to me. We were. Doing some task with magnets. I don't know why. You love magnets to this day. I know. But um, there was a magnet that was shaped like a nut, to bring it back to bolts. Um, and, <laughs> and I put the, the nut magnet on my finger and it got stuck there like a ring. Ooh. And so my mum came to pick me up from the first day of school and there were two teachers 
massaging morning fresh uh, dishwashing detergent into my finger. I was wondering why and, you were missing a finger. To try and <laughs> lubricate this, this magnetic nut ring off my finger. <laughs> Trying to lubricate this magnetic nut ring off. Uh, <laughs> not a sentence that I've heard often. But... Well, that was a sentence probably more suited to episode 69 where we talked about grandpa versus sexual inadequacy. Oh, fuck. <laughs> That's the slogan for my magnetic massage nut ring. <laughs> Oh, uh, fuck. Oh, fuck. What a world we live in. Um, God, what else happens in this episode? There's a dream sequence. Marge has a dream, and it's a Lost in Space dream. I've never seen Lost in Space. I've never seen no, any of these No, I've never seen programs. Lost in Space either. But I like this scene because it follows actual dream logic. Sure. It just sort of, like, it jumps around a lot. Every line is like a non sequitur. Mm. There's, like, a hard cut to the spaceship taking off. Mm. That doesn't quite follow the logic of the earlier scene. I, it feels more like a dream than most dreams in TV do. I think that last night I had my first lucid dream. Really? Because I woke up at about three and I did not enjoy it. I woke up at about three. Yeah. I was... It I was rem- three a.m. I must be yeah. lucid dreaming. I remember... <laughs> I vaguely remember a dream where I was in an old office. Yeah. And I was very much in control about where I was walking. And I was consciously thinking, hmm. oh, well, hang on. If I go to the office next door, to the hmm. room next door, will it stay... You know, have I actually mapped this out correctly in my dream? And I had. And then I went, fuck, I don't like this. I want this to end because I wasn't mm. enjoying it. Um, so then I reached for a book because I remember hearing about lucid dreaming that if you go to a book, they don't stay somehow. In bloody yeah. So I looked at I looked at the text of the book and it didn't stay the same. And then I woke up and it was not a pleasant experience at all. Fuck. Anyway, and you were looking around saying, "A dream. We live inside a dream." Sneaky peeks. We live inside a dream. I hope I see all of you again. Every one of you. Fuck, he's done it again. He's bloody done it again. <laughs> He's turned my weird lucid dream story into a sneaky peeks. I mean, that's what Twin Peaks is about, basically. Ah, uh, fair enough. When you really break it down, it's all about dreams. It's, it's also what The Shining's about. And I think, I mean, I have a David Lynch book out there called uh, Room to Dream, so I assume he's just a dream guy. He loves dreams. I think he's just a dreamman. You might say that he's a dreamer, but he is not the only one. Mm. How did he write that book when his arms bend back? Mm. I guess, uh, do I have a good response to that? Or is that just like, is it good enough that you made that joke and we can just say that was good and leave it at that? I mean, I think it was pretty good that I made that joke. Yeah, there's constant need to escalate. It's exhausting. It's exhausting. <laughs> We've recorded two episodes in a row. It's enough. I'll go more than exhausting. I'll say that it's a uh, very, very tight. No, fuck. I can't do it. See, that was a joke about making You might joke. say that we are like the dreamer who dreams. Then lives inside the dream. Is this a Sneaky Peaks inside a Sneaky Peaks? Sneaky are we, Peaks. Are we double peeking? I guess we are. We are like the dreamer who dreams. 
and then lives inside the dream. Fuck. You could call it Twin Peaks. Quadruple Peaks. <laughs> I'm seeing double here. <laughs> Four, Four Twin Peaks. <laughs> Four Twin Peaks. <laughs> For a total of eight peaks. Yeah, eight peaks. <laughs> Okay. What, happens, what happens if you if you take the ice cream treat giant twins to Twin Peaks? <laughs> I've seen double here. Sixteen giant Twin Peaks. <laughs> That's funny because there is a giant <laughs> Twin Peaks. Oh, is there? And he has a doppelganger. <laughs> I guess those are some giant twins. Oh, that's funny. Ah. Uh... It, the logic of uh, Marge going onto the plane and seeing her dad as the steward, she sees her dad go up the stairs and then just immediately runs after him, and he's already like stewarding, S- serving shit. Yeah. yeah, on a plane that has not taken off. No, usually you would wait till the plane is in the air before I mean, you he, start serving things because it's just gonna fly all over the fucking place. He does say pre-flight cookie, but that's not a thing. That's not a thing. And also, like maybe this is just the age we live in now. How is the airport security so bad that this little girl runs onto the plane? Yeah. She could have explosives in her shoes. May, may I remind you that earlier they put Homer against his will behind the behind the controls of a cockpit. That's this, true. This isn't this isn't your grandpappy's Microsoft Flight Simulator. This is very much an episode yeah, that was this before. is Microsoft Flight Simulator 2020. Yeah, this is very much before giant uh, Xboxes just in the sky. Giant Xboxes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, uh, 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 football stadiums rendered terribly. <laughs> um, no, but this is definitely an episode where you go, oh yeah, before 9-11. Otherwise they would have had to do a lot of bending over to make these storylines work. 9-11's coming up in this episode more than I anticipated. Yep. Yeah. Well, that's because you and I never forget. Yeah. And we were born in the 80s. We're like elephants. We are like elephants. Mm. We're these big trunks and we shit too much. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Jesus. Tell you what, though, there's a connection I've never made. Elephants, never forget. 9-11, never forget. I reckon 9-11 was an inside job by Babar. Hmm, seems unlikely, Tim. Hmm, <laughs> fair enough. We haven't done that for a while. I don't think we've ever done that on the podcast. <laughs> no, I don't think that we get to make that comparison, Tim. I used to call, Nick and I used to call each other Tim a lot when we lived together because we were listening to the worst idea of all time. And we just took a liking to the way Guy would say Tim. I think it was specifically when Guy made some Nazi comment yeah, that didn't like, quite come off. Yeah. And Guy said, I don't, I don't think we get to make that comparison, Tim. Yeah. Oh. Just really like cut right through. <laughs> it was good. Oh, it's good, good, good. Uh, Guy and Tim, if you ever want to come on this podcast and you're listening, which we assume you are. Yeah. By all means, you know, we'll, we'll plan something out. Pick an episode of The Simpsons you like and we'll do it. We'll accommodate you. Yeah. It'll be good. Maybe uh, we can watch The Simpsons movie every week for a year. I wouldn't... Uh, we Remember I had an idea for an Eat My Shorts that was we'll watch it for 24 hours on a loop? Yeah. And then I think you were like, no, I fear for my safety if I'm in the same room as <laughs> Wait, you and that's occurring. Nick, we both have jobs. We can't do that. Um... <laughs> Yeah, there is. You know, I used to think back on some. So I used to be a big fan of the do something for twenty four hours challenge idea. Yeah. And I look back on some iterations of that, and I go, 
how did I think that was ever going to work? Like yeah. when I used to play in Ibis, that punk band I used to play, yeah. um, and I had this idea about, oh, well, you know, all three of us really like Gran Turismo on the PlayStation and we like playing gigs. So we should do a 24 hour endurance race. Yeah. And then as soon as that ends, we go straight to a gig, straight onto the stage and play a thing. <laughs> and I'm like, why did I ever think that would have been a good idea? Yeah. What is the like... Are you just going to tell the people in the crowd you just did this? And how are they going to react? I don't know. <laughs> at, at one point, I thought about uh, there was a game shop in Marion Shopping Centre. What was the game shop that was a video game shop that was all like pink and down by coal? Uh, it was called, was it either Game or Game Traders? G- game Traders. Yeah. Game Traders. They had like um, a racing wheel and racing chair yeah. set up in their window for a while. And it wasn't functional. It was just there as a thing yeah. you could buy. And there was part of me going, Oh yeah, we should do like a 24 hour endurance race in the window of this shop. It would like <laughs> make it some, I don't know, some charity bullshit thing that yeah. we're all doing it there in the window of the shop. Yeah. Uh, malls famously open 24 <laughs> seven. Correct. <laughs> I mean, they're not, <laughs> Um, unless it's in the the day leading up to Christmas and then it might be yeah at which point I think they'll be busy yep (laughs) yep probably other people in the store did did you ever do the you know when shopping malls did the 72 hours of unbroken trading did you ever do the ridiculous early morning hours oh I worked a like midnight to 6am shift once at Big W how was that it was kind of great it was like at first it was like usually during night shift, night fell, it was kind of lonely. Yeah. But now there were like people around and like I could interact with customers. And then like by 3 a.m. there was just like this real weird energy in the store. Matchbox 20 like... wouldn't leave you alone. <laughs> yeah, it was 3 a.m. and I wasn't lonely anymore. Mm. But, uh, you know, people would come into the store and just like, there was just, it was strange that there were people there and they were like, what am I doing here? <laughs> Yeah, I used to go to a lot of those, and especially when um, a female friend who I very much fancied was working at uh, Coles in the yeah. deli section. Oh, I uh, remember that. Yeah, and <laughs> I remember I, going to that Coles with you. Yeah, and I just but when it was like three a.m., I knew that she was working that that graveyard shift, so I just went and hung out there for ages, and it was we were just sitting around chatting, and occasionally I'd do something weird like, "Oh, can I have one slice of ham, please?" Just make her wrap one slice of ham, uh, and I'd go buy it. God, is there a more nineteen-year-old thing to do <laughs> than just ordering hate. one slice of ham from the girl you have a crush on? Yeah, thinking it's a in prank the, in the deli, <laughs> thinking it's somehow a prank. So I know this is just my job, Nick. Um, yeah, no, exactly, exactly. I've actually got obligations and targets I need to hit. Like I've got to mop the floor. By the way, that's fine. I'll watch you mop it. No, 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 you won't do that. Yeah, can you go buy some croissants or something? Can you please fuck off? <laughs> Um, anyway, no, I did go to them, but then I actually used them for like for actual Christmas shopping as well. Yeah. Cause I used to live right opposite, um, one of the biggest, uh, shopping malls in Adelaide. And you so sure when, did. when they did their big unbroken trading hours, I was like, cool, I don't have to plan. I can just head over and then come back with a trolley. Yeah. One of those happened while I was living with you in that place right near the shopping center. Oh, I don't think I don't know that we actually went there late at night, but uh, See, I was about to we say, had the potential to do it. There was one year where I got too drunk at my work Christmas party and went. Well, my exact thought process was: I'll have a little nap, yeah. wake up at you know ten o'clock at night, I'll head over do the shopping, I'll be laughing, and then I woke up at nine a.m. 
9am Christmas Eve and went, oh fuck, (laughs) this is now too late for me to do anything meaningful. (laughs) So then you sat down and you watched The Simpsons. Yes. Seldom seen animated sitcom. The bit where the, uh, the therapist... When Marge talks about all the other things, they call oh, this be linked. She says, "Yes, yes, it's all a rich tapestry." That is definitely a line that I use for everything. Yep, I've written it. It's the first note I took. <laughs> rich tapestry. First and oh no, there's another line after that that you've already crossed out. Yep, but that's just yeah, it's one of those things. It just applies like when you just want to indicate, oh yeah, it's all connected. Yep. One of those times... It's a good shorthand. Yeah, one of those times where you say, yes, I realise there's more to it than this, but this is all I need to explain to get my point across. That's all a rich tapestry. Yeah, it's great. And then the whole Lowenstein thing, I don't know that I get that joke, but I like it. The, the thing is, that joke is so much more Homer than it is Marge. Yeah. And it's, it's weird when Marge does it. It is weird. But it's one of those things where like, I've always liked it, I've always found it funny... I've never quite understood what the joke actually is. Yeah. Like, I mean, there might just, be something deeper to that than just, she I, got the name wrong. I think it's just a big non sequitur. I don't think it's a reference to anything. Hmm. Uh, if the writers of this episode would like to inform us otherwise, write in. Or or just Diana. Yeah, or just tweet it, and, like, somebody will tell us about it. Someone will tell us. Yeah. Uh, Elliot, if you happen to know, you usually do a lot more research than we do. If you could let us know. Uh Briggs, if you happen to know, I know that you're writing on Disenchantmented now. Yep, sure. Uh, let's see, who else could we ask? Uh, Paul Thomas Anderson, um, the new film you're working on sounds really interesting. Uh, really keen to see what Cooper uh, Hoffman, uh, Seymour Hoffman, I should say, what he's like in the film. Uh, if you happen to know about this, uh, you know, let us know. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Taylor Swift, if you're out there, I think oh. Nick would love to know what your thoughts on this are. Yeah. Oh, we do need to find. We do need to find an episode that we can pitch to Taylor Swift's media, media people to get her to do a guest appearance on. Yeah. Uh, what, what's like? We've what's already with a lot of singing. We've, yeah, we've already done Lillian Lumpkin, haven't we? Yeah. There's a Lady Gaga episode, like season twenty-five. Yeah. Could do that one. It's bad. Yeah. 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 All right. I'll put my thinking cap on. I don't know. Taylor Swift was born in 1989, so she'll like all the same episodes as us. She must. I know that because of that album she put out, which I believe was called I Was Born in 1989. You're so perceptive. Thank you. Uh, At the end of this episode, they're in a plane. The plane goes right off the runway. Yes. Lands in some water. In the water. And it's just like the miracle on the Hudson. (laughs) Captain Sully, famously piloting... Right into the Hudson, the miracle on the Hudson. I Sully, think, five letters that spell America. I think the 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 maneuver that he did to end up in the water is slightly more impressive than the maneuver that this pilot did to end up in the water. Some birds went into the engine. Hundred and fifty five people on board. Hundred and fifty five souls. Souls. Yep. He he was a real human being. And a real hero. So you said that we had to bring this up and you seem to not have a point for it. Well, you know, you Sully. He was an American hero. He landed on the Hudson. Sully was someone doing his job. <laughs> his, job as a pi- his job as a pilot is to not kill the passengers. But that's the thing. He went, under, he went to a tribunal for not doing his job properly. They tried to tell him you should have like turned and flown back to the airport and he had to argue that that wouldn't have been possible. 
Right, okay. If he had just done his job, they all would have died. But, because he was Sully... Landed on the Hudson. Landed on the Hudson. Yeah. Saving everyone. Yep. On Jennifer Hudson? I hope not. No, don't land on a single person. Yeah, I mean, I think she kept singing after that, so if she was crushed by a plane, you know, she's done pretty well for herself. On Anthony the Rock Hudson? Anthony the Rock Hudson? Is that the correct nickname for... There's someone called Anthony Hudson, isn't Are you thinking of Dwayne the Rock Johnson? (laughs) I'm not thinking of Dwayne the Rock Johnson. You might be. I'm not. Uh, Anthony Hudson. Nope, that's the Australian guy. (laughs) Or I'm wrong. I don't think... I don't know. I don't know if this is a person. Oh, no, it's just Rock Hudson. Ah, Rock Hudson. That's a different person. That's a different person. Alright, never mind. Oh, well. Rock Hudson. Hudson Rock. Doing the Hudson Rock. Nope. Yeah, you're right. I think that's a good point to end the episode. <laughs> uh, so where does this fit in your ranking of the episodes? Let's have a look at our little list here that I don't actually have in front of me, but I can look at our list of podcast episodes. I would say that you'd like this one... Ooh... Less than Lisa's Enemy, but more than Sideshow Bob Roberts. An episode you have probably forgotten by now. Yeah, all of that feels about <laughs> right. It'd be really handy if I had my list from home. I'm just inside your head, Nick. I can just tell you how you feel. You are inside my head. You can just tell me how I feel. So this has been Pods in the Key of Springfield, the show inside your head for the past 50-odd minutes. Mm. I've been James... I am Nick and continue to be. I don't know. We meant to say what our names are at some point. I feel I think, like we just take it as a given, but like we're not a very big show. I think traditionally we meant to do that at the start. Yeah, but now we're mentioning at the end. It's fine. Right. We're pulling an audible here. Should we do a sting that you can copy and paste at the start? I think we already had a sting. I don't I'm know. Nick. I'm also James again. Yep. I can't talk today. I'm really tired. Yeah. I'm not even tired. I'm lying. I'm just trying to find an excuse why I'm not talking very well. It's warm in this room. Are you tired? Tired of your attitude, Nick. Fuck. (laughs) All right. Uh, Listen, you can follow us on social media if you want to. We're out there. Um, Like I said last episode, just keep listening to the show. That's really the best way to support us if you want to do that. And you should, because why not? What else you got going on? I mean, probably a lot. I mean, it's been a fucking crazy year. Uh, sorry. Yes, uh, podcasting. What a time. Thank you for listening. Weasel Wazzle. It's all a rich tapestry. It is all a rich tapestry. that thinks that energy drinks are all a lie because they don't actually give anyone long-lasting energy to do anything. No, they just give you a heart attack and yeah, kill you. They, they just, as I said, make you feel really nervous and then you fall asleep. Yeah. And look, I drink plenty of alcohol. I drink coffee. I enjoy all these strange liquids, but energy drinks are something off about them. Energy drinks are truly baffling. And sometimes, like, on the train in the morning when I'm catching the train into work and you'll see someone who's just cracked like a tall, like a 500 mil tall can of mother. Yeah. And you think, what are you fucking doing? Like, it's crazy to me. Anyway, it's not their fault. It's the system. The system's got them locked down. Life is hard, Nick, in my opinion. I feel like even in the context of the system having you under the thumb, there are better options than a 500 mil tall can of mother. I guess heroin, if you could afford that. Inject it right in. Yeah, but that's going to make you 
sleep more. Everyone's very much a down and not an upper. Ah, uh, you're right. Cocaine. Cocaine. Yeah, that's better. That's the one.